How much you want for this beat? This beat. Five stacks? This beat. Like this beat ain't even for sale. Stop I ain't even gonna hold you. Word to everything I love. Like the sunshine. Feel some smoke and mirror shit. The you know what I'm saying? Fuck that. I'm taking this shit the fuck back. Word bomb, my brother, no one could touch that. I'll make a hater wanna love my shit. And the whole entire industry can suck my dick. Niggas like me ain't gotta write 16 The battle rappers in the club hoping we might get seen Listen, all over your fake freestyles I'm pissing Plus, I got permission from God to listen How I wanna, now I'm gonna do what I wish to Rap lord, smack a fraud and fuck your sister You better recognize, son, I ain't playing Pay close attention to everything I'm saying Cause I'm a one-man army And I promise you, your 13-man team cannot harm me Starving artists with a grudge Sauteed a jewelry, deep fried a judge under the prison, free innocent victims of the wicked system. Give me the justice and the honor I'm due. Swinging with orangutans, we belong in a zoo. You better open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. You know I wanna take you out that outfit. Ain't no doubt about it, you're silly girl South Philly girl You know I wanna meet you in the middle It ain't no puzzle or riddle, you feel me girl North Philly yeah, girl yeah, 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 yeah. Get them West Philly chicks that make Jay kiss and overlook I remember I used to stand outside of Overbrook Waiting till my joint came out I was fucking Aisha before the song came out her best friend Keisha was a bit older, and she told her, Pay's got a boulder. Keisha was curious, so she had to try it. Still, I'd rather see Aisha in a violet sundress. Let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. How is it be? Wanna keep rap trivial and cosmetic, that's pathetic and pitiful. I don't fall for it, nor will I stand for it. Genocide rap, little kids dance to it. Gunshots, helicopters in the neighborhood. But you got some new kicks, so the flavor's good. Just the other night, 13 shots rung. It took about a half an hour for the cops to come. That's sicker than the tip of an old toilet brush. Some people get a kick out of that shit, they should all get flushed. Poor people have been conditioned to accept horror. Imagine if Katrina would have hit Santa Barbara. People are sick, drug companies. Got them dying. Bottom line is it's all about the bottom line. It don't take a genius guard. They can't cure a common cold, but they got a pill to keep your penis hard. Ain't no money in curing your stress and your strife. But take this tablet once a day for the rest of your life. It's a motherfucking joke, but ain't shit funny. This country's just a giant corporation trying to get money. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Open up the blinds and let the sun shine. Take me away, take me away 
searching for knowledge, I've been looking for peace. But when I find truth, I seem lost in these beats. These government spies keep telling us lies, trying to suppress the truth and cover our eyes. Mind over mind, I looked at the system and made that divide. Now I am the God, guided by others from the path of the sheep. Running with wolves, now let this wolf speak. Thank God it's all trapped, and that is a fact. They know what we're doing with a touch screen a map. They poison our food that we feed to a seas, destroying the world all over green. They take what we need and then they sell it all back. Cause they cause all these droughts and the prices get jacked. But then they say, go ahead and buy the new hat. It's control at its worst, but we let them do that. Someone please tell me why I waited so long I've been searching for this feeling too long All that I know is I'm looking for true love I can't solve I need you to take me away, take me away from it all Someone please tell me why I waited so long I'm searching for this feeling too long All that I know is I'm looking for true love I can't song I need you to take me away, take me away from it all Poison the water for poison and light. They poison your child, they poison your wife, they poison your parents, they poison your friends. This shit is real, no need to pretend. Infect us with bugs that never get tested. We are the trial, easy selection. They put out a scan and we there the next day. Genetics is gone and they wanna play. Matrix built one at a time We open up eyes And dropping these guys Who condition our kids to be part of this system So I'm sending this out I hope that you listen Knowledge is power No matter the place You're the mass genocide That they claim it is safe All over the globe This be the case With a push of a button They have you away Someone please tell me why I waited so long I've been searching for this feeling too long All that I know is I'm looking for true love I can't song I need you to take me away, take me away from it all Hello everybody, this is Lawrence Ross from the LRWS on RazRadioLive.com. Currently out in California, Blind James from RadioIO.com is in desperate need of a brand new kidney. Save a person's life. On behalf of everybody on the network, I encourage you to please go to GoFundMe.com forward slash XE6PJ38. Click on that link and donate money to save a person's life. Donate as much as you can. I think we should all donate. Every contribution helps. Well, I appreciate all of Raz Radio Live's help and our I.O. fam. Please give so we can give James a brand new lease on life.
yeah. Heist Click, Frank Castle, Mr. Burns, yeah. I bring the power. Attack the clubs after hours, our anthem. Gonna hold your whole crew for ransom. The special KMCs that flow temper tantrums. From New York to Canada, we run the Atlantic. This is rap MMA. You get tapped out, it's a takeover. Making moves while you're blacked out. You make excuses, tell them Frank threw your back out. But come back around, and Frank will throw your back out. I'm the rap phantom face with no opera. Shock ya. Demonta Rose in the showstopper. The Bronx brother who runs with TV. I'll beat you down on this beat till you need doctors. Chicks screaming they love us, they need vodkas. We got chips on at least three options. Either way, the first round's on me. So, Mr. Burns, tell them who I be. Around five, I'm getting out tonight on time. We're gonna do this right like on night. Yeah, we're going out tonight. We're going for a ride. We're gonna do this right the first time, yeah, we're going out tonight, we're gonna ride or die, it's too late, all this work is slow suicide, yeah, we're going out tonight. And I tell them what you need A club full of dimes And a whole gang of weed Indeed Hip-hop ain't what we live is what we bleed So raise up those bottles Cause we bound to achieve More and be the block When we out in the BX So listen be the script What tale could it be next But up and down the east Blazing up these beats Empire state of mind Like I'm on the city streets Bring the heat like the south Still moving word of mouth I got my own label So I'm never getting shelved Y'all know what it's about Desire to play my part But burn down the game If I ever get the spark Hold it down for the heads But looking straight ahead All signs are go I ain't never seeing red This is how we move On both sides of the border If y'all can't do the same Better get your biz in order I'm getting out tonight on time. We're gonna do this right like on time. Yeah, we're going out tonight. We're going for a ride. It's too late. We're gonna do this right the first time. Yeah, we're going out tonight. We're gonna ride or die. It's too late. All this work is slow suicide. Yeah, we're going out tonight. Around five, I'm getting out tonight on time. We're gonna do this right like on time. Yeah, we're going out tonight. We're going for a ride. Gonna do this right the first time. Yeah, we're going out Here at the Joe Show, we have the finest studios. Where's your studio? Because like I'm in a studio now. It has guitars and some kind of UV light that'll fuck your face up if you look at it and turn it on. The smartest, most handsome on-air personalities. Price of liberty is is ugly. It's not. It's not very pretty. You're not very pretty. We don't talk about religion. So uh, we're actually God's chosen people. So they are the chosen ones. I know this. I think the Christians think that you killed their savior. And we're always respectful to women. 
When they invent the perfect artificial vagina, you broads are out of business. Lobster dinners, the diamond market, it's all going belly up. <laughs> and smart, well-informed callers. Buzzy, where are you? you sound like you're Creole or some shit. Where do you crawl out of Baton Rouge? What's what the fuck, son? I'm from Iowa. Hey, you better watch your mouth now talking about Iowa like that. I'll slap the dog shit out That's the Joe Show, Thursday, 6 to 9, on Raz Radio Live, Salty Talk Radio, and PopRock80s.com.
6.52 with Sean Raz Radio Live. Stay bold. Well, well, well. Let's bring that up. Oh, Scott, I haven't done a radio show. And I can't, I just can't figure out how to work anything, I guess. That's how, that's what happens when you take a week off. You're listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. I am back. It is, what is it? It is uh, October 6th. October 6th. Can you believe that it's October 6th already? I mean, it's going to be New Year's Eve before you know it. And we're going to be in 2016. And we'll have over, you know, I'm going to guess here, maybe 1,500 people killed by cops this year. <laughs> That's always a good thing to have happen. Well, I hope everything sounds good out there in Radio Land. I made some adjustments. Uh, hopefully we won't have as much skipping as has been reported to me. Uh, you know, that's a goal to make sure we're giving you quality content and quality sound. So we try as hard as we can. As hard as we can. Yeah, last week I got some new flooring put in my apartment. Uh, we had a mess going on, so I just had to step back and uh, give the week off. It happens sometimes. I don't like to do that, but you have to do it every once in a while. So, where shall we go this week? You know, there's so many... There's so many things. There's so much to talk about. I know that's my normal line as, as I come into the show every week, right? There's so much to talk about. There's so many things we have to address. There's so many things that need to be discussed, which is true. I'm going to focus on two things tonight. Uh, in the second hour this evening, I have uh, Felipe Hemming from Photography is Not a Crime joining me. Uh, we're going to talk about the fake war on cops. Uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, some tips for concealed carry. And I, I think he wanted to talk about just general survival survival for a little bit. So we'll do a good 40 minutes with him tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him. Uh, the first time I interviewed him, it was a great interview. I had him and um, ah, I can't remember the other guy from photography uh, that was with us. One of the main guys. I can't remember his name. I should have looked it up before I got on here. Uh, so that'll be a great conversation. First half tonight, uh, though, the first hour here, I want to discuss... I want to discuss ISIS. I want to discuss Russia and what's going on in that region. Now, listen, I'm me. I'm just a little guy that lives in a small town of Florida that pays attention pretty well. At least I like to believe I pay attention pretty well. And and I'm just going to give you my opinion, my evaluation of what I see and what I think it means to me or, or what I believe is happening. Now, in order to do that, we have to make sure we're all on the same page as to where I'm coming from and what I'm thinking and why I think that way. I've stated this before. I'm not afraid to state it again and again and again. We are doing the same thing now with this uh, the Syrian issue that happened in 1980-whatever it was with the Mujahideen and Russia and Afghanistan that created Al-Qaeda that eventually attacked us on 9-11 and many other times who now we are giving weapons to and supporting in Syria because we don't like the the guy running Syria right now because he's just not doing what we want maybe he wants to use the dinar instead of the dollar to trade oil maybe either way the US and the western nations are not happy with him right now So they've decided that they're going to do what they want to do. 
and go into a country without the country's permission, again, as we've done so many other times, and try to assist the people that are going against the proper government of that country. Now, however you stand with government, um, you know, that's up to you. Maybe you like government. If you're listening to me, more than likely you don't like government. But I'm sure there's a few people listening that maybe like government a little bit. Maybe even I believe that there's room for government if government is done properly. But all in all, it has to be recognized that there is a government in place. And yet again, we're going to stick our nose in the way and try to change that government because we're not happy with it. Do, do we not learn lessons? I mean, we began this with Iran in the 40s. And we've done it tens of times over, picking leaders that we want for the time, keeping them there until we don't need them anymore. Then eliminating them, and the country falls apart. The, the bad people of the country move forward and fight harder because, oh, they have an opportunity here to maybe, uh, to maybe get what they want. We, as a nation, and I've said it before, have caused everything we see right now in the Middle East. And we are perpetuating it more with what we see our government doing. I mean, it has to be... I, I can't believe that there's people out there that really still don't get it to this point. That, they, that, they, that doing it so many times over and over and over again, you would think that more people would start seeing it. And I do believe there are more people now than when I began this six years ago, seven years ago. I think there's a lot more now that get it and understand it. And I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to, to believe that that idea. That maybe actually more people are understanding what's going on. That more people do get. That there's more to this. That, 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 that wag the dog story needs to stop happening. And all you listening now live, I'm sure, are on the same track. And we need to make sure we keep pushing forward and pushing what we believe. Uh, I, I didn't have time to edit it uh, and, and really cut it down. It's a 20-minute piece, and I don't want to play 20 minutes straight. But there's a, a senatorial candidate down here in Orange County now, I don't know what his deal is completely. I haven't done a lot of research on him. He's kind of imposing like a uh, like a JFK-type uh, presentation. Uh, he is apparently a pagan, uh, but then he references to God and God bless America. Again, if you, I'm not religious, but if you do believe in a God and, and you do believe there is a ruling elite, then you also believe that that ruling elite has its own religion, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, sorry, I starbursted there a little bit. 
it's interesting things that he speaks about. I want to really break it down into a couple, like three or four minute segments, a twenty minute. Um, what what he tries to put off, and this is the other issue I got with it. He tries to put it off as he's like speaking to a crowd, even to the level of having people in the background making noises that a crowd may make. And at the very very end, there's a bad edit where you can see that it's been edited. Edited. And I just ne- that made me realize it wasn't in front of crowd. But again, we'll we'll get on that when I finally get that 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 loaded and edited down to where we can listen to it. Back to ISIS. Sorry, star bursting away. I, I do that a lot. Back to ISIS though, Al Qaeda, uh, Mujahideen. Uh, what name? What what flavor are they this week? Why why do we continue to do this? I think what Russia and Putin is doing right now. Um, I, I completely, 100% stand behind Putin's war against CIA, the CIA and oh, ISIS. I'll call them what they, you know, what what, what mainstream wants. I, I completely stand behind this this war he is he is perpetuating there. And I don't usually stand behind war, but this is what's needed. It's it. Putin just completely pulled it out right out of his pants and mushroom stamped Obama right in the forehead. Uh, Obama's going to be walking around for like a week and a half with this big mushroom stamp in the middle of his forehead because everything we've been doing as a country, as a nation, is being exposed right now by the, uh, the, the, the quickness in which Putin has been able to move ISIS and destroy the whole rebellion. And you know what? Let, let's let's put a scenario here, okay? I got this new chair here in my studio. It's it's rather very comfortable, and I'm gonna, I'm going to use it and enjoy. The, I'm, I'm going to learn to enjoy the comfort of it. But let's run a scenario, okay? Let's say that the one percenters, or what is it, the one percenters, the three percenters, the two, whatever they are, let's say they organize large enough, okay? Now they've got the ability. And they're actually doing damage to the United States government, right? That, that, that's a scenario I'm putting in front of you. Damage to the point that because we're so spread thin, there, there's really no military prote- protection, and they've done, they've done a pretty good job at taking out the law enforcement of this country. Now, would we be opposed? Or, or Wait, let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. So that's what's going on, right? And um, let's say, just, just for shits and giggles, let's say Canada decides, you know, we, we can't allow this. This is going to uh, cause problems to our way of life here in Canada. We, we can't have um, the, the one percenters of America taking over the government. It's going to hurt our, our, our economy. So they in, t- in turn decide that they're going to uh, come here and attack targets that they believe are part of the one percenters. But all the while knowing that they kind of put the one percenters in power. So while they're doing this, they're not really bombing the one percenters. They're bombing structure of the U.S. government that that they feel will help the one percenters be able to move forward. Maybe some power stations. Maybe some oil refineries. 
which in turn actually hurts the people of America that, that have nothing to do with this, that are just kind of going, oh, man, what are we going to do? So then Canada recruits Mexico. They decide to help in. They're going to come enjoy the fun of, of bombing all of America, taking out the infrastructure of America. All the while, the one percenters are being funded by Canada. Little groups of them, not all of them, just just groups of them. Maybe you know the one percenters uh, looked over to the Oath Keepers. Well, Canada keeps funding, you know, training and funding the Oath Keepers. Well, as this all continues on. Let's say maybe, uh, I'm trying to think of it, Let, Australia. I'm just trying to pick countries here. I'm just, you know, pulling this out of my ass as I'm going along. Let's say Australia goes, you know, we've been an ally to, to the United States forever. And I know Canada and Mexico are allies. I bear with my story, okay? Australia goes, no, we've been allies forever. And, uh, you know, we really want to, get up there and make sure that, that, that America remains America and that the president remains in charge. We gotta get up there, we gotta help them, we gotta make sure that they they do we they do this. So they come up here and they say, Hey listen, do you want our help? We say, Yes, please help us. You know, these other guys are trying but but we don't really want their help. We didn't really ask them for their help. They they've been kinda of chasing these, these these one presenters for a long time and now they're here, so we, we, you know, they're not really doing what we need so Australia says okay and comes in and wipes out all the one percenters wipes out all the oath keepers they've been our ally they're doing what they should do they're helping us that's the point I'm, I'm making that, 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 that whimsical story that I just I don't know where that came from that that's that's what's going on rea- in reality. All right, we've been funding and supplying and creating this group for more than twenty years. Don't think it's any other group. We, we, the people we are funding and training and and thinking about supporting against Russia are the same people that allegedly attacked us on nine eleven, that allegedly blew up the coal which are also the same people that in the 80s we went in, funded, trained, and made sure that they could fight against Russia, which we're talking about doing again. This is the biggest circle jerk I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen so many stupid-ass people. Well, it's not even that they're stupid-ass. I have to take that back. They're not stupid-ass. They know exactly what they're doing. They're doing exactly what they want done. And Russia's putting a monkey wrench in it. You know, remember, mafias have different families that maybe want different outcomes and situations. Don't think that Russia is not just another mafia family that's going against the grain that's going to become the uh, the family that needs to be taken out. And again, I support what Russia's doing. I, I can't say that any louder. All right, as uh, I want to, I want to take. A, I'm not going to take a break here tonight. Instead, I want to bring the origin of ISIS to everybody listening. 
I, I think that's an important thing. Where did these 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 guys come from? You know, what really made them the crazy guys we see now. It is the most important story in the country. The next major war for the United States is with ISIS. But what media and politicians are not telling you the truth about, where ISIS came from, who created them, and why before one more dollar is spent, one more American life lost, you need to know the truth. The first step toward truth is to be informed. The name ISIS is one that every American knows by now. The biggest threat to our national security since Al-Qaeda, right? They are a brutal, savage group known for public beheadings and mass executions. They are the face of the new war on terror. Right now, the U.S. military is conducting airstrikes in Syria in a supposed attempt to take out ISIS targets. Meanwhile, the White House and military leaders are talking about possible boots on the ground in Iraq again, only three years after the war in Iraq was declared over. In fact, this war, according to former Defense Secretary Leon Panetta, could last for decades. We're looking at uh, kind of a 30-year war uh, kind of uh, history here. So who exactly is ISIS, and where did they come from? It's entirely a creation of the United States' behavior in Iraq. That's how we got to where we are, because of war, because of occupation, because of torture. For answers, we traveled to Los Angeles to meet with Angela Keaton, the founder of Antiwar.com. We destabilized and wrecked Iraq. I mean, it it caused it to, to fail miserably, and that's entirely the responsibility of the United States government. There's no one else at fault there. I mean, as horrible as Saddam Hussein was, there was, you know, Iraq was not unstable. It was a functioning country as much as those sorts of things go. And it was not a particularly horrible hellhole if you were a religious minority. To understand where ISIS comes from, you have to understand two storylines. The first is what Keaton just said. When the U.S. first went into Iraq, we blew the country apart. We destroyed the government, toppled Saddam Hussein, destroyed infrastructure, and most importantly, left behind a power vacuum. One that would have never have existed had Hussein not been overthrown by the U.S. government. Daniel McAdams with the Ron Paul Institute says this is an historical fact that media just won't discuss. All of this has to do with U.S. action in the region, which destroyed the infrastructure, which destroyed Iraqi society, which destroyed the government. Uh, You had a lot of people who lived under Saddam Hussein, uh, who may not have been as, as happy as Lark's, Nevertheless, they were living somewhat normal lives. The U.S. put a government in power in Baghdad uh, that all of a sudden was, was their enemies, that treated them very, very badly. Now that is the easy part of the story. The U.S. created conditions in Iraq where ISIS could get its start. But here's the other storyline that you have to understand, that even with Saddam gone, ISIS still couldn't have risen to power had it not been for what happened next. ISIS actually began as a small insurgent group in Iraq in 2006. They had no money, no real ability to recruit, but they did work to create very limited problems for the U.S. military. It wasn't until 2009 that ISIS shifted its focus from Iraq, where it was largely unsuccessful in developing a foothold, and focused on the civil war in Syria. 
Even there, ISIS struggled to gain any foothold because the two largest groups fighting against President Bashar al-Assad were al-Nusra Front, or al-Qaeda, and the Free Syrian Army. Then came a pivotal moment that most Americans aren't even aware of. In June of 2013, a northern general for the Free Syrian Army spoke out on Al Jazeera Qatar and stated that if international forces did not send weapons, the rebels attempting to overthrow Syrian President Bashar al-Assad would lose their war in just one month. Well, only months before, I had personally confronted President Obama about why the U.S. was covertly funding those Syrian rebels. And yet there's some concern about the U.S. funding uh, the Syrian opposition when yeah. there are a lot of reports that al-Qaeda is yeah. kind of heading up that opposition. Yeah. Uh, how do you justify the two? Well, I, uh, I share that concern. Uh, and so uh, what we've done is to say we will provide non-lethal assistance to Syrian opposition leadership that are committed to a political transition, committed to uh, a... Uh, an observance of human rights, we're not going to just dive in and get involved with a civil war that in fact uh, involves some elements of people who are genuinely trying to get a better life, but also involve uh, some folks who would over the long term do uh, the United States harm. So even as the president acted as if he was being careful, politicians like Senator John McCain demanded action. So it's a totally unfair and unbalanced fight. And now the rebels are the freedom fighters. The, uh, the Syrian National Army are, uh, are being beaten every place around Syria because of the overwhelming firepower. And air power is really the deciding factor. So you've got to take their air power, power out of it. You've got to have a safe zone where they can operate, train, and equip. And uh, we've got to turn this thing around. So what happened? Well, within just a matter of weeks of that Syrian general making his plea for international help, the U.S., the Saudis, Jordan, Qatar, Turkey, and Israel began providing weapons and training and money to the so-called rebel Free Syrian Army. By September of 2013, American media outlets, including CNN and the Washington Post, were reporting that CIA-funded weapons had begun flowing to Syrian rebels. The weapons were not American-made, but funded and organized by the CIA. The artillery was described as light weapons, some anti-tank weapons, and ammunition. But where it all fell apart, weapons that the U.S. insisted would be used by freedom fighters would be, in less than one year, in the hands of ISIS fighters. So where were these fighters coming from? Actually, from the Free Syrian Army the group that John McCain insisted would help the U.S. to overthrow Assad. That same group actually giving weapons, selling weapons, and sending fighters to join with this new group called the Islamic State. It was in June of 2014 when suddenly, after being a no-name group in Syria, that ISIS emerged, heavily armed and trained by U.S. and coalition special forces making a dramatic entrance by crossing back over the Syrian border into Iraq, capturing Mosul and much of the northern part of the country. One of the most important facts that mainstream media ignores time and time again is that ISIS was able to grow so fast because of all the U.S. military equipment they were able to seize, equipment that our military left in Iraq, truckloads of Humvees, tanks and weaponry that instead of taking or destroying the U.S. government simply decided to leave behind. Even when the U.S. government knew that ISIS fighters were capturing that equipment, 
For crying out loud, these guys were posting pictures of themselves driving and standing on U.S. military equipment, making video of themselves with it. We did nothing. Why? How is it the U.S. had no idea that this threat was coming? How many billions do we spend? Maybe a hundred billion on the on the total intelligence community budget over over the year. How is it that they had no idea? How is it that if this was such a threat as uh, as um, John McCain and Lindsey Graham are fond of reminding us? How is it that it was missed so unbelievably, so egregiously? Over the past few months, the U.S. government, who acted like they had never even heard of ISIS, suddenly, with the help of media, has turned the Islamic State into the new focus of the war on terror. Now, as ISIS has continued its rise, recruitment is exploding, and the group is becoming stunningly wealthy. ISIS is the is the best funded terrorist group in the world. They make some, I think, it's two million dollars a day selling oil, much of it to Turkey. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, and if you look at the U.S. response to this, uh, the U.S. response to ISIS becoming extremely rich by selling oil and undercutting the competition is to blow up the oil fields. Which to me makes no sense. You're blowing up the infrastructure. It happens to be in Syria, so you might think that there is a、uh, another motive there. But why wouldn't you? The U.S. sanctions anything that moves when it's angry. Why can't you sanction the banks that are helping finance these deals? Why can't you sanction the oil companies that are participating in this? Why do you blow up the oil fields? It's a great question. And here are some other questions that defy logic when you start looking for answers. Why is the U.S. sending 500 million dollars to the Free Syrian Army to fight ISIS when the FSA is one of the biggest suppliers of fighters and weapons to ISIS? Why are we sending new and more powerful weapons to the FSA, like anti-aircraft missiles, weapons that we know will end up in the hands of ISIS? ISIS, of course, is going to now have anti-aircraft missiles provided by the U.S. and the Saudis. The Saudis got are getting them from the Chinese though now, so there can be plausible deniability because inevitably these sweethearts in the sweetheart rebel groups in Syria are going to start shooting down if they have the ability passenger passenger jets, and then we're going to want the plausible deniability. Say no, 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 it's the Chinese weaponry, as if it's going to make any difference. Well, there are so many questions that we could ask, but let's just cut to the chase here because what you need to know about this is that ISIS. Is not the creation of American inaction, which is what the media is going to tell you. No, they are the product of direct action. First, the action of creating a power vacuum in Iraq, and secondly, arming violent jihadists, hoping they would overthrow a leader in a neighboring Middle Eastern country. McAdams says the U.S. government is a victim of its own insane policies. Well, I think the U.S. is really a hostage to its own regime change philosophy.、Uh, you know, the U.S. is very good at blowing things up and destroying societies, but it is very, very bad at putting them back together. Is that true? Well, you decide. Fact: Our government armed Osama bin Laden and the Mujahideen in Afghanistan and created Al Qaeda. Fact: Our government helped supply Saddam Hussein chemical weapons for him to use against Iran. In 1980, and then overthrew him in 2003. Fact: Our government trained rebel fighters in Syria, who have become the group today known as ISIS or the Islamic State. We have watched them commit every violent atrocity that you can imagine to people living in Iraq and Syria, and now we want American taxpayers to fund a 30-year war against them. 
No, it's not the U.S. government being held hostage by these crazy policies. It's the American people. And it's time that we reject the destruction of people groups around the world for the sake of foreign policy that makes so-called defense contractors rich and perpetuates violence, death, and destruction of entire people groups. Because humanity is greater than politics. Look at my crayon. Hold on. What am I supposed to say? What am I doing? <laughs> What's your name again? John Reyes. Fortoed and Lexi. Do I mention Fortoed? Sure. Poor oh. Dave. Dave. <laughs> Hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz for Toad and Lexi. You know, I, don't, I sound like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on. I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And uh, Dr. Bob. It's Dr. Bob, yeah. It's Dr. Bob Tuscan. It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy for Toad must escape from the madness of crowds now gathering. The good news is the reversal is achievable through peaceful and intellectual means, and fortunately, the number of those who care are growing exponentially. Of course, it could all be a bad dream, a nightmare, and that I'm seriously mistaken, overreacting, and that my worries are unfounded. I hope so, but just in case, we ought to prepare ourselves for revolutionary changes in the not-too-distant future. Seems there's a sickness running through the land. People see the worth they have through the eyes of another man. And we try to please them, but I don't think we can. We watch our freedoms crumble choice becomes demand Parents hand the children over Society blurs the cage Future predetermined by the numbers on the page Religion is holding, I'm broken, confused by political games. So lost in the painted boxes, frustration turns to rage. I can't believe that they're telling me that we ain't got no cure for this. The doctors are panicking, cause their pills are laced with lies, it's bullshit. The people are rioting when you control the money.
For bradblog.com, you're listening to the first 52. God only knows why. All right, guys, welcome back to the first 52 on Raz Radio Live and RadioFreeBlood.com. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. You know, that was a lot to take in there. That's why I had to take a little bit of a moment to breathe and think about it for a second. If you really put it all together, like I said. It all leads back to what we have done as a complete evil country. Our government has done. Why, why do we allow them to continue to, to do these things and, and, and make us look so stupid? I mean, I'm tired of looking stupid. Aren't you tired of looking stupid yet? Well, so as we, as we understand the, the origin of ISIS, as we understand the beginning of ISIS and and how that we had a major part in the creation and the support of these groups. We have to applaud what's going on and what Russia is doing. And that's where I'm going to leave that one. I, I really, I, I think that's the best spot to leave it at at this point in time. What else, what else should, we, should, should we say about it? I mean, we, we're being shown how much of a fool we are as a country. Uh, Putin has now moved in his special forces units, and they're going to protect the bases. Uh, and and from what I've read about them, they're they're a deadly unit. They are the seals of Russia. These uh, spet I don't even want them to come kill me for saying it wrong. Spetsnaz, Spetsnaz. It's time that we realize that we are not the the ruling country of everybody else. We can't even rule our own people. Rule our own people. We can't even keep our we, we can't even keep our own country in a stable, pleasant environment. It's time now. It, it, it's become time that we we have to make a change. I mean, I I I, I don't know how to do it. I don't I don't want to sit here and scream revolution and oh we need to 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 you know rally on DC and take over DC. I, I but I don't know how else to do it cuz I don't see I don't see voting making a difference. I don't see voting changing what's going on around us and how the world is is revolving. It's not getting any better. It it seems to be getting worse. You know, two weeks ago, I talked about how I thought the stock market was going to crash. Everybody was all worried about twenty the twenty fifth or twenty sixth or twenty seventh or whatever the hell date it was. I was only off by a week when it, it had issues. They're rallying it again because I think they need to. You know, when you have a country saying, "Well, you're fighting terrorism, and and that's what we're doing," and if you really look at the definition of terrorism, though, is Russia wrong in what they're doing? Or are we worried about our CIA agents being killed? I don't. Wanna, I know I've already spent almost the, the first hour of the show talking about this, but I, I think it's an important thing. You know, Putin. Putin claims that the stories of bombing civilians came out before he even started bombing, and of course, we're blaming him for killing civilians, as we've killed how many civilians? 
and and the the exact day that we're sitting there screaming about killing civilians, uh, that Russia is killing civilians, we kill a bunch of civilians in a in a hospital run by Doctors Without Borders. What example are we to the war world? Where are we some upstanding... I and mean, this is like the crackhead that can actually go to work every day going, hey, don't do any crack. Uh, it's not good for you. And then going in the corner and doing some fucking crack. That's what America has become. The secretive crackhead. I mean, come on. And we're not the only ones. We're not the, We're not the only ones. There was an article I read today and it was one of those I, you know, I wish Drudge would make it so you could share all the, all their articles easily there, there's articles you can't always share and this was one of them and it was talking about um, how Clinton had kept secret Iran's ties to a bombing of some sort and as you read the article it starts relating to Saudi Arabia uh, Saudi Arabian people involved that were informants allegedly but the bombing went through and then people question why the 28 pages from the 9-11 Commission report need to be released. Why do we need to see that information? Because a lot of people believe it ties them into it. What does that mean if it ties it into it? ties them into it. Well, last week, two weeks ago, there was a, a story that they, that uh, Saudi, Arabia, Saudi Arabia had just been brought to the uh, Humane Council or the Human Rights Council or something. Uh, something along those lines. Never forget that they you know behead damn, a couple hundred people a year. Or hundred, at least a hundred, if not more, you know, maybe two hundred a year. They behead them. That's their form of, of, you know, punishment. Is it wrong? Well, I don't know. If they're doing it to murderers, I, I think that's. If I was a murderer here in the states, I think I'd rather be beheaded than than uh, electrocuted, or even lethal injection, because apparently that's not really that painless either. But the point is, we we are the the worst hypocrites. Our government is the biggest hypocrite that there is. Don't mind the sixteen-year-old uh, American citizen that Obama decided to, to drone attack one day. You know, Lockie and his father, another American citizen, drone attacked. Uh, eh, well, they were serving the enemy in in in. Uh, in the battlefield they were in a war war zone they were targets even though they were american citizens aren't those the ones that you should really go in and make sure you capture to be able to question and find out exactly what their plans are or were they already working for you and and didn't like what was going on anymore and, and going against you i don't know I, I i'm not in the government i can't tell you what they're up to What else we got up here? I'm looking. I don't want to get into police stuff because the whole next hour, you know, I'm spending a lot on Russia and ISIS and and all this crap. But the whole next hour is going to be all police. You know, I have a public service announcement for you. You know, it is becoming flu season, so we want to make sure that's taken care of properly, right? So fuck that. I'm not getting no flu shots because it's flu season, nigga. I'm gonna take some motherfucking lemons. Some honey, some oranges. Nigga, grandma got the remedy, nigga. Go holler at your grandma, nigga. Or holler at somebody old in your family, nigga. You don't need that shot, nigga. They shooting some shit in your ass. 
I'm cool. I don't want none of that. I'm straight. I think they shoot some, some control in you. Some shit to take control of you. You know, when they have your mind, body, and soul, you know, slow you down a bit. I don't trust them. I'm cool. They sell shit over the counter that you should be able to buy that can count like, get you some Thoroughflu, nigga. Or some NyQuil. I, I just had to stick that in there. You know, it's Snoop Dogg. It's flu season. Uh, you know, I don't want you guys to get your flu shot. Don't do not do that. It's, that's no good for you. You hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. As you noticed, I haven't really discussed the most recent shooting in Oregon. Oregon, 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 origami. I don't know. However you want to say it. Uh, I, I'm over the mass shooting thing. I'm over the arguments that go along with it. Most of these people have mental conditions. Um, I'm not against background checks to, to purchase a gun. I mean, that's common sense. Not a problem here on my page. Uh, should your sh- should your medical history be involved? Should your your mental uh, status be evaluated if needed? Maybe. I, I, I'm on the fence on that one. I mean, obviously... There's a lot of things going on in this world, and I don't, I don't necessarily blame it on the mental illness as much as I do on the treatment of the mental illness. And I, I know everybody was expecting me to say that. I get it, and and, and you should expect me to say that. That's what I'm going to say. I mean, let's be honest. I guess something that that bothers me though about these shootings and somebody pointed that I, I can't remember who pointed this out on my Facebook one of my followers said uh, underneath the debate we were having posted since 1982 to now there's been 567 deaths in mass shootings school shootings, theater shootings and all the above that's a lot of people. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. That's that's five hundred and sixty-seven people that aren't here anymore. Not anything any of us want. But then you sit down, and, and this will lead into our, our police talk, our cop talk. We'll have here very soon with uh, Felipe Hemming of uh, Photography is Not a Crime. He'll be joining me here in the next hour after the break. When I wrote this little note on Saturday. I put killed by police, 2015, 898. And that was as of 10-3. So that was three days ago I wrote that note to myself. Today is now October 6th, 10-6. 898 has turned into 908. That That means in three days... Three days. Ten more people have been killed by the law enforcement. In three days. Like I said, we're going to spend a lot of time in the next hour discussing that. I just... It's something that needs to be thought about. We're worried about terrorism. We're worried about mass shootings. We're worried about gun control. Yet we we are seeing the highest numbers in history 
of people being killed by law. And this is not just shooting. This is car accidents. Maybe caused by the other driver. You'd expect a little bit more from a cop not to T-bone a car full of kids, 16, 17-year-old girls dead because the driver apparently turned or allegedly turned in front of a cop. How fast was that cop going? They didn't really tell us that. It's not just bad people that are being killed at the hands of people that, that have a higher a higher commitment, a higher a higher um, you know, I, I can't think of the word I'm thinking for, uh, trying to look for here. This is all kinds of stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the fake war on cops with Felipe and how a, a lot of the things we see some of the things that are promoted to us as as fact as as what the story is turns out being something totally different that that mainstream media even people i associate with who do uh terrestrial uh, or used to do terrestrial shows reported on some of these stories that we're going to discuss in the second hour But nobody ever reported the corrections. And the corrections are going to blow your mind away if you don't already know them. It's going to really, it's going to surprise you. I really believe that. You're going to be uh, just flabbergasted at, at some, of the, some of the actuality of what was done. All right, what we're going to do here, because I want to make sure I can get into... The setup for uh, Felipe. I think we're going to take a break. I know it was quick, but we're going to go whole. You know, I'm the, there's no break from the, from this break on. There won't be a break to the end of the show. I promise you that. You guys are listening to the first fifty two on RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. It's October sixth, and we're talking to you from FEMA Reason Four. We'll talk to you in a couple. Look at my crayon. Hold on. What am I supposed to say? What am I doing? <laughs> What's your name again? John Ryan. Four Toad and Lexi. Do I mention Four Toad? Sure. Four Dave. Dave. Hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz, Four Toad and Lexi. You know, I don't, that sounds like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on. I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And, uh. Dr. Bob. It's Dr. Bob, yeah. It's Dr. Bob Tuscan. It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy Forto. Words will always retain their power. Words are for the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with this country. What's life worth?
so far, so it's pretty premature to decide which one is going to be the candidate. But, you know, when, when you think about it, if you measured everything I've ever said, every vote I've ever taken against the Constitution, you know, I'm a strict constitutionalist. So are you suggesting the Republicans should write me off because I'm a strict constitutionalist? I'm the most conservative member here. I have voted, you know, against more spending and wasting government than anybody else. So you're suggesting that I'm not electable and the Republicans don't want me because I'm a strict fiscal conservative, because I believe in civil liberties? Why should we not be, be defending civil liberties? And why should we not be de talking about foreign policy that used to be the part of the Republican Party? Mr. Republican Robert Taft didn't even want us to be in NATO. And you're saying now that we have to continue to borrow money from China to finance this empire that we can't afford? I, let me see if I get this right. We, we need to borrow $10 billion from China, and then we give it to Musharraf, who's a military dictator who overthrew an elected government, and then we go to war, we lose all these lives promoting democracy in Iraq. I mean, what's going on here? And you're saying, and you're saying that this is a simulation that I am less Republican because of that?
What's up, Raz Radio fam? It's your man, Wayne, in Baltimore, and I'm doing my thing live on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when I bring you the chocolate drop on RazRadioLive.com. Join us as we play music, talk sports, politics, and whatever's going on in the news. And um, chances are you might learn something. Chances are you won't. So join me and Joe from Maine on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RazRadioLive.com. Oh, and by the way, no devil music.
Mr. Police Man. These cuffs are cutting off the blood flow to my hands. It's amazing how you kick that dude all in his face and beat the case, even though they had it all on tape. I know you love the people in the hood. How could you fake it? And that missing drug money, I know you didn't take it. I don't understand why people accuse you of hate. I know you only follow us to make sure that we safe. I saw nine of y'all against one, beating the brainless. That 65-year-old woman must have really been dangerous. Cleaning up the streets is your top priority. You qualify for this. Why would we question your authority? You only working hard following training. Why the hell are the Mexicans and blacks complaining? You gotta be the closest thing I've seen to perfect. And everybody that you locked up, they had to deserve it, yeah. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. All right, guys, welcome back to the First 52 on RazRadioLive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. I had to take a break. You just have to take a break every once in a while. I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far. we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about here in the next, uh, the next 40 minutes. 45 minutes. I think a lot of the things we're going to touch on, it, it, it might be new to some of you. It might not be new to some of you. We're going to talk about how to really protect yourself. We're going to talk about what really is going on out there in, in the streets of our country. You know, sometimes you want to you wanna believe what you watch on the news and and you see these stories that come up and they come and go. You don't really ever hear any follow-up to these stories. And that's where the problem comes, is the follow-up. How, how do we get follow-up? How do we ensure that we know what, what the whole story is? I'm not sure. I guess you have to be vigilant. You have to go back. You have to make sure you pay attention. You have to... To follow these stories, you have to make sure you understand them. And that's one of the things that we're going to touch on in the beginning here. I want to read something to you real fast. This is the opening to the uh, Photography is Not a Crime for, cap- for, for <laughs> Fabricated Cop Shooting Add Fuel to Fabricated War on Police. In June, a Houston police officer was shot in the back, prompting an immediate search for a black man and a pregnant woman in a champagne-colored Buick. Then, three months later in September, an Illinois police officer was shot to death with a bullet to the chest, prompting another manhunt, this time for two white men and one black man who were seen in the area on surveillance video. And just one day after that, a Massachusetts police officer was shot shot at while driving his patrol car, causing it to lose control and catch on fire, prompting a manhunt for a white man in a maroon pickup. All these incidents... All of these incidences added fuel to this so-called war on police that cops in this country claim has left them feeling that their lives, uh, fearing for their lives every time they don their uniform. 
but all of these stories are turning out to be fabricated. That's a problem. And that's where I'm going to end that. What I want to do now, I want to bring my guest on board, uh, Felipe Hemming of Photography is Not a Crime. Felipe, how you doing, my friend? Excellent. It's another day in paradise. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. You know, that's what it has to be. We just have we have to deal with life and, and enjoy it while we're dealing with it, right? You have choices. You can choose to live, live a miserable life and accept your existence as, as it is, or you can make a choice and do something about the current state of affairs, and I'm not one for sitting idle doing anything at all to accept the circumstances I'm placed in, nor the people that I respond to and helped out throughout my life. They, when they dialed 911 to expect someone to show up, they wasn't going to sit and go, yeah, man, this sucks. But that's not me. So, um, yeah, this is a, to, 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 to add to your, your statement regarding following through on this and following through with what's going on in the world around you. You can choose to do something about it, or you can choose to accept what the mainstream media and the powers that be are pushing down your throat and not the not giving you the full facts of every story they push out. And that's, that, that's, that's on them. That's their journalistic integrity and who they bow down to, who signs their paychecks, that decide whether this story continues to have traction or not. But there are exceptions. We do have members of the media out there that say, you know, this something's just staying right here. And they're, they're going to be more and more vocal, and we're seeing that, because otherwise we wouldn't know of so many things. And you left out one case that has light has shone on it. It was the deputy down in Houston who was shot 15 times, and they quickly wrapped up with one individual. Right. And they had a, a female bystander that nobody wanted to acknowledge, but she had come out and said that, you know, come to find out that this man was married, and this is his, his lover. And they had had, or ex-lover, and they had a falling out. And when that came out, this was last week or the week before, there was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're discussing that this guy who was married had a lover, and there's a potential that she might have been a jilted lover, and this guy may have not shot this, but may not have uh, shot this guy. Is that, the Terry Smith, is, is that the Terry Smith story? That is the Sergeant William... Uh, let's see, what's this guy's name? Yeah, I believe so. It was it says here, so we, Darren Goforth. Darren Goforth. Oh, the Goforth. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was, Darren Goforth. I was going to say, Harris County Dip. So that was the one where the guy snuck up on, on him at the gas pump. That's the that's the narrative that they're selling you. That's not necessarily the case. Oh, so we're getting... Whole, there's a whole separate narrative. Much like all those other stories, the the, the case with the lieutenant and, and, and um, who had apparently sta- staged... Sta- staged fabricated his shooting as a result of working on this portion of the investigation. So this is kind of, I'm giving you guys the, the, the background, Iggy, on what's going on. And it turns out that this guy may have had some, the, the lieutenant in, uh, was it Massachusetts? In, in Illinois. Illinois. He, that he may have had to run into some financial difficulties and was trying to find some way to benefit his family and at the same time have it so that his benefits continue to pay out and that he would be the his family would be the beneficiary of the uh, the the awards or devices that are awarded to officers families in their time of a line of duty death and so that that's something we're working on now as far as getting all the backstory and oh, wait 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 wait, changes. wait Felipe let me stop you for a second this is the Illinois one that was shot to death in the chest is that the one we're talking about shot twice shot shot shot, shot twice okay shot twice and um and what what you're hearing? Wait, 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 hold on. So what you're hearing now on that story is that it's a possibility that he 
set the shooting up so that his family might get the benefits and he would come out looking like yes, a hero Charles in the end? Joseph yeah. Charles Joseph Klinowitz of Fox Lake Police. Hmm. He had received two, two rounds. One was into his vest from 100 feet away from the area where they found the cartridge, and another one was shot above his head, downward, basically between his bulletproof vest and the... Uh, the lower portion, the lower aspect of the neck, let's say between the top of your neck and the base of your where your chest, right. you received a gunshot wound right there, uh, and, and straight down into the heart, and he di- and he died a result of that injury. And the first, yeah, you know, uh, f- first was. So is this a, is story, this a suicide? Know? Then we're talking about. We're not talking about anybody actually did it. We're talking actual suicide. He exactly. shot himself exactly. in the vest, exactly. and then okay, exactly. Okay, I just want to exactly. make sure I'm following and, and, along. And that's why, and that's why these stories. Have to, you know, they're one hundred percent fiction. They sold the narrative, and they continue to run with that narrative. And the the truth is, like you addressed, the number the numbers are there. The numbers don't justify, do not rectify with the story. The truth does not go along with the narrative they're pushing. We had an all time low of officer involved shootings or officer involved kill, uh, being killed in the line of duty in the last twenty eight years. This year's one of the lowest. Right, and the the. The thing is, they're in a very, the, the powers that be, and this is their tool of authority to make people comply, is now in a very bad light. And this is, like, in that, like I address and I tell people why I do what I do and not go after the politicians because they're next, is that next to teachers, police officers have the most contact, and they're members of government, with citizens than anybody else. And, and from that, that's the direct representation of the government, as far as I'm concerned, and going after, and and if you have this level of corruption at its lowest level, can you, we can only imagine what's going on at the higher levels of the. the but we're, we're discovering them. We're discovering and exposing them every single time because just like the situation here, we're going to get the backstory, and then the backstory is going to point point to the direction of pretty much our theory, and we're going to see what his bosses were talking about, as well as the investigators were talking about. Once this case is completely dead and dry, we're going to go back in there, flip through this investigation, get the, the, the communications between the public officials and each other discussing this deal, and we're going to and we're going to point it out and point out what it is, and we're going to see where this narrative started from and why they went with this whole... It was, a, it was a manhunt. It was a manhunt for days. Can you possibly imagine how many people's civil rights were violated right. just by fitting the description of a white guy and two black guys? Well, and that's the problem. No. That, 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 that's one of the issues we see with these, these increase in it, and they automatically step to somebody's attacking the cops. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the other story uh, included in, in the photography is not the crime story. Uh, they talk about how uh, the one cop was shot by another cop. It was actually yeah, two the, cops. That's the, that's the, as the Houston police and the metro system, the transit system police officer, that was shot by another police. The, the metro guy shot the Houston guy. Which again but, turned into a manhunt, which turned into a manhunt, which God knows how many people's civil rights were violated in that situation. Exactly. Then we have. Then we can go and look at the the worst end of this consequence was the Twin Peaks shooting in in Waco, Texas. So there's still people in custody on that. And the theory running behind people didn't know because otherwise they would they would come out. This is how my rationale is: is when they have everything cold and dry and they know they're 100 percent right, they'll come out and throw it in your face. They'll say, "Ah, yeah, we were right. Here it is. Eat it." 
But when they're wrong and they're covering something up, they play this long, drawn-out game of hoping they forget about it, hoping they won't call back, not knowing I wasn't a police officer. I know how to keep a calendar. I know how to fall back on my sources. I know how to fall back on what I'm doing. But these guys don't operate that way. They aren't operating on the, op- the observations of their own reality that they forget stuff all the time. And, and then, no, 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 this story's going to die. No, 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 this story's not going to die because your cover-up going through the process is going to expose really what happens, and that's what we can do as citizens is hold these individuals that we have the closest contact with responsible, you know, accountable, accountable for their actions, accountable for what they do, accountable for their integrity, because if you, me or you were to come up with some lame story about who shot who, we'd be falsifying a police report, and then all kinds of other extraneous nonsense associated with this investigation or this manhunt for the individuals that we told sh- that told shot you. And imagine somewhere along the line, someone was going to get charged criminally, and then probably try to hit you up for the bill for you know generating this this cost to the taxpayers. Yeah. But meanwhile, these guys do it, and they're going to get no one's going to get anything. They're going to they're going to get a couple of days off with pay, more than likely. One of the guys might get promoted out of the situation because that's what they do. You screw up, you get moved up because that means you have the least amount of you know, least amount of contact, yeah. uh, most amount of most amount of responsibility. And, and one and then, story. Now let's let's move to this next one story here, uh, real fast, because uh, I think this is an important one to bring forward. Because you know, what if what if uh, what if I didn't like my car anymore, right? And I, I just wanted to take my car and I drove it into the lake and I said somebody stole it from me and drove it into the lake. I go to jail for for uh, insurance fraud. But yet, when you have a when you, when you have a cop that that claims somebody shot at him, crashes his car, catches it on fire, and then shoots it with his own gun to cover up the whole situation, this is actually somebody that got in trouble and might might actually see time over it at least. Well, the thing in many of these situations here, these guys are smart enough to to lawyer up and 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 when to to not to say anything anymore. But this guy here, and I know exactly who you're talking about. He's a gentleman in Massachusetts. Who uh, decided it'd be a a great idea to create a create a story of absolute fiction? And again, uh, after evidence presented itself, we're talking about Mr. Brian Johnson yep. of the Millis of the Millis Police Police Department back in September second. This summer was uh, fortunately this summer wasn't about the cops killing a bunch of people, but they though they did. Oh, we'll get to that. Don't worry. I've got both those numbers pulled up. I got I got two different numbers we're going to discuss here after this after we finish this one. But this one, but in this case, the summer was about the war on law enforcement. They want to throw all the way back to the guy in New York who shot two New York City police officers and associate him and badmouth uh, Black Lives Matter and all these other groups, and then trying to say that somehow this organization was responsible for anything. You know, uh, there's a there's a there's a police there's a former now retired police chief in North Carolina who wrote a a, a Salacious comment on his Facebook page. He was subsequently uh, resulted in his uh, being asked to quit or be fired because of that again because he labeled Black Lives Matter as a terrorist organization. When we all know who the terrorist organizations are, plain and simple, they ride around every single day in their costume with their badge on, terrorizing people. People are not happy to see them behind them. People are not happy to see anything about them unless they're in desperate or dire need, and then the encounter happens, and then maybe or maybe not, it may be a derogatory interaction. Well, and that's and not, you know, that's, what, that's even people not breaking the law. Listen, I, I don't break the law other than maybe smoking a little weed, uh, maybe having a beer or two too many when I drive, 
I don't break the law. And, and, and when I'm not in those conditions, I still get nervous when a cop pulls up behind me. You know, I, I, and, and I always, they always let me off because I'm a nice guy. I'm a white guy. And, you know, I'm clean cut. I got a military cut. I look like a military guy. So they're, they're normally very nice to me, no matter what the condition. You know, and that's because of my social uh, demeanor, my social presence. Yeah, this is true. And I, I tend not to have these. You know, I, ha- I go through periods of time where I'll grow my facial hair out or grow my hair out and kind of get this uh, homeless look. You know, I mean, I've been offered blankets, so I know it's that's the that's the that's the look I got going on. <laughs> You've I'm been offered blankets, actually. Oh, I've been offered blankets. I've been offered. That's a whole other side story. Tra- <laughs> I was, I was off. I was down, I was downtown LA at the Greyhound station after a vehicle had broken down. I was coming back to get another vehicle to tow it back, and you know it was cold out, and they thought I was a homeless fellow. I was, I was like, okay, uh, do we like a blanket? No, 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 I don't need a blanket. But that tells me my that tells me my disguise is working then. But typically, I also carry. I'm also a retired firefighter, so I also carry a badge. But I also don't have these derogatory. not to have these derogatory interactions because I'm blessed with being white. I was blessed to win the race lottery when it comes down to being in this country. As far as um, not having many derogatory interactions with law enforcement, plus I also know better. I also know how to avoid them. But should I have to? No, I should, I should be able to roam freely without the fear of someone having a, a, a hunt for me to see if I'm up to some type of criminal activity when there's no obvious criminal activity going on. It's a it's, it's job justification in a lot of cases. They're trying to justify their existence by creating this illusion of crime when crime, crime numbers are down. And this happens after when we had the, the New York City Police Department decide after the, the um, when de Blasio didn't make a, make the appropriate comments regarding the death of two officers, and they all turned their back on them. They, they decided not to. They decided almost like it was a work stoppage. But meanwhile, the city didn't burn down. Right. No. No. Then they, they tried the same thing in some other cities. And okay, so you're doing yourself a huge disservice if you're trying to say we need you. That when you stop doing your job, that all of a sudden uh, crime doesn't get worse. Right after the whole uh, Freddie Gray case and arresting of the officers involved in that case, oh, you know, we're not going to—we're scared to do our job. Just quit. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, you know what your quit. job is when you take the position quit. of that job. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know. But you don't mean, we, when we talk about the the, the the mental illness aspect of it, as far as one of some of the underlying problems of the potential that's going on here, is. Many of these people go into this idea of law enforcement with some grandiose idea of how things are. And then so when they get inside it and they realize that it's an ugly machine and they try to rationalize it one way or rationalize it in another, they caught themselves in, 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 this situa- in a situation of a, almost like a dual reality. They're trying to sell people on the way it is. Oh, yeah, without us, well, the world will go to, go to hell in a second. But in reality... It's true, though. But see, and 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 that's what you also see these guys out there. They like to pour down. The, they like to pour a lot of liquor down their throats. They like. They have problems keeping their hands to themselves outside of their jobs. They have history of domestic violence, fights out off duty, mm-hmm. uh, drinking to the point of beyond inebriation. I'm not talking about a buzz. I'm talking about drunk. Uh, and then, by the case in New York, where he went the wrong way on the, the George Washington Bridge and took out and took out some people. Well, wasn't there, there was a there was a case in New York also? I believe it was New York where uh, he had gotten drunk and just started shooting out his car. Yep, I, I, and he put he put immediately put immediately put guilty. 
this is the honorable thing that guy did because they had him cold. He was I couldn't remember a thing. That's what the only the only thing I remember about the whole thing was that I, he said I couldn't remember everything. But then immediately he pled guilty. He said he took the responsibility for his actions. Now, but now that's you, just an example of these individuals roaming these streets with the power to kill you, the authority to do whatever they want to you, and don't care as has been completely displayed about your constitutionally protected rights or your human rights. Because when it comes down to it, they're going to go home, and whatever happens to you happens to you. I mean, that's as blunt as the as I can translate it, because that's the mindset. And then you have these stories of, like, the Daily Beast covered one about my police academy teaching the, about the war on cops myth and going into that, telling them that. I well, that's a new that change one, yeah. in mindset, because prior to that, the mindset and the training in the police academy was that everyone out there is a criminal, you just haven't caught them yet. They're all suspects. Everybody's a suspect. And that's the... That's, could you imagine? That's like the, the analogy that's been used about a, you put a hammer in someone's hand, everything's going to look like a nail. Right. Same well, now, that, you that's like if you go back to, uh, I, I believe it was 06 or 07, the video had come out of the FBI training with the police, and they were talking about how the the uh, founding fathers were actually terrorists. And then they, they actually trained that to cops. And it's a video, it's a police training video where they're telling them that the, 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 the first terrorists in this country were the founding fathers. Right. I mean, that, that, that's pitiful to think that you teach that to law enforcement. At this point in time, I don't know, I, I already closed the tab down. I can't remember the guy's name. But there's a guy running. Uh, you said you were a former firefighter. You were down in Hollywood, right? Hollywood, Florida? No, no I was in Miami-Dade. I was a ret- I'm retired Miami-Dade firefighter paramedic. Okay, okay. Because I had family down the the Hollywood area. I actually almost moved down there in the early, in the mid '90s to be a, a EMT myself, and I just never did it because I was an EMT for ten years in Jersey. So That's I, good I, stuff, man. Yeah, helping people is a calling. It is. I, I miss it sometimes. I, I don't think I could do it now at forty years old. I don't think I could do it anymore like I used Brother, to. I know people. I know people at all ages. It's the desire to do it. Everything's about desire. And, and when it comes down to it, it's mental over physical. You don't even know what you can do until you're put in a situation to do it. Oh, yeah. If you want to do that, get your EMT and go, go make a difference. Whether you're riding on an AMR truck or you're doing something else, you're having positive interaction with other human beings. And, that's, that, and you have no mystery to it because you've done it before. I, would, I recommend getting involved in the community any way you can and not changing who you are to do it because I don't recommend anybody changing or being anybody who they are or not. But, but, but if you're not involved, you're, then I guess, I don't know. And that's where I look at it, is I'm involved some way into the process of trying to rectify the issues we have at hand, which in my, in my eyes, one of the biggest thing is, is a tyrannical government, and there are many of these police officers out exercising without, with their granted authority, consistently violating rights, consistently generating lawsuits, consistently generating lawsuits that cost hundreds of millions of dollars annually and still staying employed. And meanwhile, we're, we're going to pay their pensions and we're going to pay their coverage, going to pay all this other stuff, but yet as the end user, as a customer, we're the ones in the bad spot. When we talk, when we talk about mass we didn't talk about mass shootings, but we brought up mass shootings earlier, when it comes down to it, the police officers have killed more people than all the mass shooters combined. For the past, like, so, uh, 26, 28 years, something like that. Yeah, exactly. So right. where's your outrage there? No one outside of a small group of people is talking about doing away with these people. I'm fully fully supportive of saying, hey, have a nice day. 
you know, maybe we'll operate you like the fire department. We'll call you when we need you, and if we don't need you, I guess Stay we got away. things figured out. Right, exactly. I, you know, I, <laughs> we we, we can know. fix we can bandaid that little cut, you know, that we got. I, I, but you know, and my my old co-host was uh, uh, very much along that lines of like a private type police force where the community hires uh, their own people on. Uh, it would be much more regulated, much more easy to control than what we have now. Uh, but do do you agree that there should be some kind of a person to step in at some point in time, or do you think that we can do it without it at all? As we sit today with human beings not really, human beings really and truly as a totality, not having the capability or at least the breaking away from their, recognizing they've been indoctrinated, and going beyond that to understand what's called the non-aggression principle and the ability for individuals just like me and you and me and my neighbor or me or anybody else not to find the necessity to involve a third party to resolve issues. Uh, back in the day when many people weren't as literate as they are now, uh, when we've become understanding more about the human mind and how human beings interact and how we come about, I think we're intelligent enough these days, or at least have this very, very strong future potential of realizing that, you know, outside of whose uterus you came out of, which really doesn't matter, it's about how we treat each other. And once we get past the point of disliking someone for for whatever reason, get up past this tribal mentality, but it's very hard for people to get away from because we're constantly surrounded by other stuff associating from from team sports, saying, hey, I'm a this team, or I'm a this team, and oh, I don't get along with those guys because they're that team. That's ingrained in people. It's a, it's a grain of, ingrained of conflict. When human beings, you can send a bunch of kids together, and unless they're the person who's got something going on, you know, they tend to get along just fine. It's the ones that aren't getting along that typically in the animal world kind of get pushed off to the side, or and, and, and something happens to them. We've been practicing this method of human correction, the penal system, if we want to call it that, for far too long and realizing it doesn't work. The threat of incarceration, the threat of death, and the th- or anything else between those two spectrums doesn't prevent anyone from committing any crime at all ever, no matter how petty it is or how severe it is. And when are we going to come to realize that it's not working and we're dumping more cash and more cash and more cash into something that we could turn around and find an alternative to how to deal with these human behavioral issues? And, you know, what, what, what is the, what, you know, even in the strictest, most severe um, forms of government, they've had criminal problems. And that's the, that's the, but what was the problem? Was it the desire to eat or the, to, the desire to take advantage of the situation? And, and, let's, not, and let's, not, let's not forget that when you privatize prisons, uh, you now make it a for-profit industry, and then when you continue to make laws to make every activity a, a person does a possible legal activity, keep in mind, on average, 75 to 80 percent of, of every single citizen in America breaks a law or two every single day, and they don't even realize that. There's a, there's a book, I think, called, I'm looking it up right now, about seven felonies. I think you commit seven felonies a day. Yeah, imagine that, and you don't even know it. So, and and besides the fact that that the that law enforcement can make up a felony when you didn't even yeah, do seven, anything, it's called seven felonies a day, or three felonies a day, 
and it's uh, it's about the over-codification. Here it is. Here's a quote. How can the average American commit three arguable felonies in the course of a given day? Consider these hypothetical examples, along with real-life parallels in which vague or broad federal laws make an honest citizen into federal, federal, federal felonies. All kinds of things, you know, from wire fraud to Wilderness Act to Espionage Act to all these things, that, and some of them are just minute, absolutely, uh, absolutely just things you wouldn't even believe, uh, believe in. I'll give you the Wilderness Act one. You're an avid outdoorsman, and you decide to take a thrill ride on a snowmobiling trip in Colorado. You sit on your day out, you find a foreboding class above, you turn back, and the blizzard is set in, and you find a original path out of gas. You're banned to seek rescue. Luckily, a park ranger eventually finds you. They come back. You committed a federal felony because you, st- you strayed off your path when you went looking for help. And so they, they hit a guy up, Found himself in position in 1997. Found two nights in, in a, was, he spent two nights in blizzard conditions. Finally rescued by partisan, uh, by rangers. And they charge him. They charge him with the violation of the Wilderness Act, and wow. and they spared and, and, and for, for getting lost. Yeah, for, yeah for, trying for to find help, trying to figure out how to get back. He, he, trying, trying to get out of a bad situation. Right yeah, here, you go. Have some handcuffs. Pay us some money. Uh, it, it, and that's the biggest thing. It, it, it really does. All of it comes down to money. I mean, in, in the oh, long yeah. run, every single law put out there, every single thing that happens, it's all about making money for the community. Uh, I, w- I got in an argument. My boss and I today had this conversation. We were talking about uh, gun control. And he's like, well, you know, all the mental ill people, why, why don't they just fit? And, and we turned it, it turned into a conversation about drunk, how to prevent drunk driving. And he said, well, why don't they just, I, I don't understand why car makers just don't make a key that you have to blow into that in order to start the car and then if you have alcohol you just can't start your car i said you want to know why that won't happen that won't happen because the the car makers will lose money because nobody's going to buy their cars the 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 states and the and the counties are aren't going to support it because they're going to lose revenue on dui arrests and dui fines you know the, the, it's just a big circle and if they can't make money for it they won't do it pretty soon honestly none of this is going to absolutely matter at all because once these autonomous cars, which are already out and av- already available, self-driving car, autonomous car, once these vehicles get on the road, the worries about whether you were speeding or not, because you know the, the the whole concept, the original speed limit laws were designed because of uh, saving fuel. We were in a fuel crunch, and oh, we got to bring it down to fifty-five. It wasn't about being safe. There wasn't a, a, about records of people driving faster or or uh, unsafe in any capacity. And then the, and, and, and then and that became connected to money also because then they said, well, if you you know if you if you if you take our speed limit, we'll give you extra money to make sure you can pay for your roads, your this or your you, that. You, you had to have that speed limit, or you didn't get federal highway money, which meant that your cousin's brother's uncle wasn't going to be able to build that road that takes five times as long to build and only lasts half as long. Right, which they're and not so even doing can... shit with anyway, because all the bridges and all the roads are falling apart to begin with. Oh, of course. What's our tax The solution is that we're not paying enough. Isn't our gas if we tank... If pay more, they'd be able to do more with our money. Isn't our, ah! ga- isn't our gas tax supposed to pay for the roads? Isn't that the whole point yeah, of the it. gas tax? tax? But, but, with, but with this... With this Global warming. We've been forced uh, to change our cars to be more fuel economical, fuel economical, and thereby not buying more fuel. So we're not paying enough taxes. So don't that's start me is. on global warming because you'll be real. I don't no, know. No, if no, you'll no. Accept my global example, there's every, everything with them is some type of connection, and because that's how public policy works. But that's In why we have. To, have to, that's why we have to pay the carbon tax now because that'll offset that loss to make sure that we can take care of those things. 
Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. And and and, and it's Affordable Health Care Act. You know, that's everybody's got health insurance now. Uh, they do. I, I don't have health care. No, so I, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm being facetious. You know, I'm not being serious. No, I'm just being facetious. Don't ever. No, I'll say something to sound like I'm being serious, but I am not. No, that's, I know. I know. That's dry humor. That's like. Uh, that's dry humor. I'm the same way, man. Don't worry. I'm absolutely the same way. I was kind of being dry humor too. Um, we, we, you know, we t- touched, uh, touched on a lot of the police talk. Um, you know, that's that's a big issue of mine. Obviously, that's a big issue of yours. But we also ta- we also teased a few other things we were going to talk about tonight. Uh, and I think I want to start out with uh, you know the CCW ideas. Uh, okay. you, you shared some really good ideas with me uh, based on a picture I had posted. Uh, and, and I thought about what you had posted, and I agree with that, what, what you had said, that, you know, these different things. One thing I do want to say is that my knife, and believe it or not, I'm one of those guys that uses my knife for everything. I can do screw, okay. I, I can actually work a screwdriver, you know, any kind of screw I can get out. It's just my knife is kind of like my second hand. So when you said the, uh, when you said the multi-purpose tool, I was like, well, that's kind of my knife, because I use it like that. Yeah, but you know what? With a multi-tool, you, you're going to find that it's more effective. It actually has. It actually is more effective in doing those things, and you take less risk of damaging or, inju- or injuring your knife. You know, you know, there's there's those, those dollar knives that you buy at the the, uh, the the pick and save or whatever place you go to to, to pay, buy gas, get a get a get a brew and you know pack of smokes, whatever you're doing, and see a knife and pick it on up. I, I look at knives as a utensil and use them as a utensil or a tool. Right, yeah. And that, that's where my mindset comes into when I see things. And that's just my pr- practical experience in dealing with the world in relation to carrying a weapon concealed, carrying tools and equipment, and finding function in, in the reality. Yes, I, I, believe me, I've had to impro- make improvised tools using other tools in order to get things done. Yes, absolutely, all day long. But, it, 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 but when it comes down to size of the device and how many uses I can get out of the device and if it, is it a functional and reliable device I will take that over a single use possible multi-purpose tool single blade knife right. any day of the week because I know that I mean there's things on you know I, I back when the Swiss Army knife I don't like Swiss Army knife because it doesn't have a locking blade I'll use a Gerber multi-tool that has a locking blade and a person that uses knives will tell you no 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 I don't mess with anything that have a locking blade I've had too many full back and cut me yeah you know, oh, I agree with you. yeah yeah absolutely so, so I mean I'm always one to listen you know listen to people about why they do things and don't do things but I'm also from practical hands-on experience uh, and seeing the consequences of doing things. So, uh, so let, let's set let's set this up here for a second. You know, I, I posted out a picture. It was in a thread. Um, you know, we were talking about gun control, and I just kind of lifted my shirt, and it was a picture of of my carry piece. And right. I had a knife there, and, and uh, Felipe had hit me up on a private message. Said, hey, this is what you should do. Um, so. Or, or this is my suggestion, this is my idea, is think about this type idea. Okay, I, I, I can, for, for, the practical, for practical terms of people that know what I'm talking about, that will recognize what I'm saying, it was a, a left-sided rear carry with just barely the handle coming above belt line. And it was a, a tucked in with a shirt over the top. And the proximity, the knife was in the same area. It wasn't a, it wasn't a strong hand weekend, so it was all set up same side. And that's that's one of the things I didn't even bring up in that process: the strong hand weekend and having your alternative tool in a in a week, in a weak hand situation. So you're going to use that. It's not going to be a primary piece. You're not going to pull out your knife 
in, in while you're carrying. It's just, oh know, yeah, so why. so if you have, yeah, if know, you've already not, pulled it. That's, that's not the that's not the uh, order of operation as far as I'm concerned. The, I don't go knife and firearm. Right, though no, that makes just, sense because no. if you already pulled your knife or if you've already pulled your gun and you need to pull your life knife, you've got your gun in your strong hand. Uh, you right. you want to be able to use to pull it from your other side, but although that's a reach across because it's kind of it was kind of front waist. So either or, either or, either or, either or, either <laughs> or. The the, the, the the back to the back to carrying concealed. I, when I carry concealed, I carry concealed with a commitment, knowing that uh, I'm not only out there for myself, but if something is to happen, that I'm going to engage what I need to engage. If I'm having that hypothetical of something's going to happen, so in that case, it's, it's like. You're not riding out looking for a gunfight in any capacity well, no, whatsoever. Yeah, I, didn't go to work, no. I didn't go to work expecting someone to come shooting at us or to take out the person we were taking care of. But in the event something like that is to happen, I know what I'm prepared to do and what tools I have readily available in, in case something happens. Just like I told you, if it were a matter of space and carrying a knife over something else, I'm going to take a tactical flashlight that will fit in your pocket just the same as a knife will. Or even a kit, a small kit, a small a small flashlight, and a, and a small multi-tool in the same pack. You know, with a magazine, you can they have all set up. I'd also carry a, a second magazine or less, at least a reload because once you, if you have to engage somebody, you know I don't want to drop that magazine you just used. Stick that back in your pocket and stick the fresh magazine up into your into your weapon to re, to basically get it back at the ready and then reholster it because unless you're continuing to expect a threat, you don't you want to be again prepared. And that way, you know, it's a whole. It's really and truly, it's a, it's a mindset developed over multiple experiences and working with multiple people, and and, and coming from then using improvised devices and event someone shot. The use of uh, a female hygiene product, a tampon. Yeah, you had yeah, you had said something about a tampon, and I was like, wait a second, what 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 is that for? So, what is the tampon for? Someone gets shot, and it's not a through and through. Where you know there is an exit wound, even if there is an exit wound, but if there is not an exit wound, you can take that tampon, just like if you were to insert it the way you would normally insert it. You shove it into that wound. You uh, apply the, the the apply the normal pressure to it. Pull it on out, and now you've taken something that can handle several quarts of fluid, and now you've stopped bleeding. You hmm. you've kept blood in the container, and especially if it's not involving a, a large vessel or anything. And then that and another thing I pointed out to you was. Something that you can use as a tourniquet. In my kit, I carry equipment as would develop in Afghanistan and Iraq, secondary to these conflicts we've had recently, because of people getting shot and having the need the ability to apply a tourniquet to one of your limbs. So they're qu- they're quick tourniquets. They're they're absolutely amazing. And, and, and when you do executive protection, you, you carry certain things with you that in the event something happens, that's to happen. But right. you already had a belt on, and if you know how to apply a tourniquet using a belt. You're set, but that's all those things that if a person's going to carry concealed, they should probably have that mindset of I'm, I have a firearm. That some, if I'm only going to engage somebody with a firearm that has a strong potential that I might get engaged and not hit my target, they might hit me. So it's a, a crapshoot. I want to get out of this situation alive or not. But typically, people in their situation not wanting to, to survive. Well, but I don't want to survive and go home. But that's that situation. So if you have those just couple little, not even, you know, people deal with poundage of stuff they have to carry. Anything the additional that I would have carry is, I, I know for a fact, is less than eight ounces. So it's less than a half a pound. And it's not it's something you can carry on your, on, your, on your waist if you have a belt or in a bag. 
if you're carrying your firearm in your bag versus carrying it on your waist. Because some people carry in various different, situ- different situations. They may carry their bag, may carry a bag because it just serves the purpose of knowing that they got more stuff going on in there. Right. Versus carrying, uh, on like your waist. Fan- like a fanny pack type bag you're talking no, about? No, I mean, I, to me, those were giveaways. Every single time I see somebody with a fanny pack, I either know they're from Central Europe or <laughs> they're carrying concealed. Because, because, you know, it's just the way it is. Right, I, and, I feel you. And, 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 that's, you know, and, I, and I spot that because I'm always looking around to see who in, who else in the room is armed. And there's, there, there's telltale signs for from shirts being out of their pants, the way people position themselves. And, wearing an you know, extra shirt, wearing two shirts. Wearing, yeah, wearing, wearing, wearing an extra shirt, uh, being a, placing their hands in a guarding position, guarding their, guarding their weapon, putting their elbow down in a position to guard their weapon. These are tells. Much like playing cards, these are tells that people give away just by their own behavior. You know, as, a, are, as a new carrier, Felipe, um, I must say, that the biggest problem I'm having is I'm a I'm a a, a small framed man, right? Uh, I weigh I used to be like 120 pounds. I finally got up to 150, and I'm happy. And the biggest issue I'm finding is a lot of my clothes are tighter than they used to be, and and finding the proper clothing to wear now that I haven't really replaced all my wardrobe since I gained 25 30 pounds, and, and that's becoming an issue I'm seeing. That's why I, I had that extra shirt on that night, you know, like. It's becoming hard to, and here in Florida, they just changed the law where you can accidentally display, you know, if you have right. a, you know, with that change, that's a good thing because if you have a, um, what do they call it, an impression on your shirt, before in Florida, you could have got arrested for that. Oh, yeah. But they'd now. Call, they'd, call the, they'd call the brandishing. Yeah, the brandishing law, they changed that to where if you accidentally brandish, you're not going to be held for that. They're not going to charge you for that. Right. And, but right. that's a problem. So how do you get around that problem that I'm having, um, being a smaller well, frame? You're one, you're one of these situations or cases that I would almost recommend going to, a, 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 not a man purse, but something along the lines like that, because then you can carry so much more with you and have your stuff that's not, you know, that way if you had to dump in the water, for for example, because you live in South you live in South, South and Central Florida, you have canals everywhere. You're gonna run, you may run across a situation where you're armed, and someone goes in the water. It's better to be able to know your, where your gear's at than it is to have to dump your weapon and dump your, dump your phone and dump everything else out of that bag than it is than to just say, hey, I know where my stuff's at, lock my truck or whatever, and I go. And, uh, there's, there's other, there's other options as well. You know, Florida, we both know, is typically plus 85 degrees year-round for the exception of the month of maybe February. Right. And so wearing anything extra besides a guayabera, which is a Latin shirt, and you can get away with that kind of stuff. But those, to me, those are shirts that key me off to saying that guy's carrying. You know, but the, the, you know, but it depends on how you are. I don't, I, I personally don't care if people know that I'm carrying, but the most of the time people assume I am, but many people don't want it to be known that they're carrying for whatever reason. And having... Uh, you know, there's even ways to carry that bag secured, where it's actually a, a level three holster in the bag with a zip out. You have to know where things are at versus just popping it open and hey, there's that, slow, there's that slows you down. That slows you down a lot, though. And, you know, and you'd be surprised. And my my reasoning, my reasoning, my reasoning. I guess we would be, and after you train with it, you you learn how to open it quicker. But my reasoning for not wanting to, because I, I could care less if somebody knew I was carrying or not. This is my wife. She she uh, she's concerned that 
Um, I'm going to be like one of those tough guys or, you know, I, I'm going to display it. I'm like, honey, no, I really don't want people to know. And th- that's really why I'm I'm concerned about how I display because she doesn't want people to know. You can, get, you can probably get a belly band. It depends on what you're carrying. Uh, a, a belly, a a belly band holster is something you can reach into your shirt and get your get your get your piece. They also have shirts that are uh, have a breakaway top button that pull down that allow you to get access. And these are all you know you can actually get. And some of these are designed for full concealment. So if you were to get searched by somebody and you had to put your hands up, that they're going to miss the weapon because it's not in a normal spot area for a weapon to be fa- weapon to be found. Right. They're not going to look along the waist. Look, look, I'm lifting my shirt. I got nothing on me, but meanwhile, your steel is where it's at and has always been at. You know, just like in a belly band. You lift your shirt up, all they're seeing at the bottom portion of the belly band going, wow, oh, that guy's got a girdle on, not knowing you got like, 15 friends ready to go at any point in time. But back to that whole speed deal, there's people that will tell you that it's to keep a, keep around and keep around the ready. Well, that's your own personal choice. That's your own personal choice. I mean, I'm not going to tell you one way or another to carry, but I also will tell you there are people that will say, no, you don't have to do that because that, that is just a singular one-second step. And if you're getting into a, if you're getting into a, that type of exchange, you've already lost. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, there's more than one singular step because you have to kill a safety, you have to find your trigger as you're pulling, you have to ready yourself, and then having to, you know, if you if you've got a revolver, that's one thing. But uh, the, having to pull that slide back and chamber that I, round, I, that's too I much. Will gl- I will gladly send you video after video of people being trained that typically these weapons don't have a thumb safety or index safety. Typically the, 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 the safety is your finger, your operating, your operating equipment. And it's just clearing. It's, it, it's, a, it's like with anything, you can be trained up to do that. One of the biggest things that you're training someone to do is not is to break contact. Is immediately if you have to have contact, break contact. You know, and the contact is you're being, if you're getting to a point where you're having to engage somebody and you're going to have to potentially take their life, you want to put material between you and them and distance between you and them because distance is time and material is rounds being absorbed by something other than your flesh. So you're relying on that person's inability and their nervousness. Now, if they're not, if they're not a trained gunman and they're not, odds are they're just as, they're, they're just as either hyped on something or, or scared as anybody else is. And so their, their, their cognitive functions, their thought process isn't even working. That's where you, as an individual who wants to survive the situation, have to start using your brain. And you have to condition yourself to, to, because this is a commitment to carry. That's why I call it a commitment to carry. Is that right. If you commit yourself to carry, you have to commit yourself to being situationally aware. You have to be, commit yourself to, I'm not going to, I'll be the designated driver tonight, or I'm going to make sure that I don't imbibe what's going on, and I'm going to make sure that if there's a situation where there's going to be something going wrong, I'm going to remove myself from the situation because the likelihood of me having to use my firearm may exist because I'm going to defend myself. So you, you, you kind of, it, it gets kind of, it kind of get a situation where you're always on the ready. Well, it comes with that commitment. If you're going to carry, you got to be committed to get, interact. That's why you they carry the equipment that you carry with you in the event you have to use it. You have the, the tactical flashlight because now you got a tactical flashlight, you're shining a light at your target. You can see your target, but typically the person you're shooting at or would be shooting at is going to be blinded and they can't see you. So that now makes it more difficult for that person to shoot you. You know, these people, again, back to the whole, these are not trained gunmen. Now, if you're encountering a law enforcement officer or a military person, 
I don't know why you shoot thing. at him anyway. Well, that's you know, true. Odds are you probably lose that gunfight. <laughs> that's that's very true, uh, Felipe. Let's let's uh, let's get an idea where people can find you at, uh, how they can follow you, uh, and get your information. Okay, I'm, I am uh, with Photographies Not a Crime, also PNAC News. You can follow me at Felipe Hemming at Twitter. I uh, I'm out there. I, I I feed into different different things going on. I like to kind of lay back and then dump a bunch of stuff out on people. But I'm more than willing to interact and talk to anybody about various different topics. I'm uh, just a regular all around nice guy. And if anyone needs my help about anything, if they want to report a, a situation, they can hit us up through our hotline at, at Photography's Not a Crime. Uh, you can hit us up via Twitter. We'll, we are out there to help anybody in the process, no matter what side of the problem you are. If you're a law enforcement officer that wants to blow the whistle on some of your coworkers, we can protect your identity. We can help you out through the process. We'll make sure justice is served. Yeah, and if, if you're out, if you're out there, and that's what you want to do, if you feel that you're a law enforcement officer and, and you have a story or an idea or a thought, something that's important. You can call a PNAC whistleblower hotline. It's 305-900-3069. So, you know, make sure you, you know, stand up. You know, there's a lot of good cops out there. Uh, Rutherford, do you know Rutherford? Have you ever spoken with him? Rutherford Haywood, I think his last name is. No, not yet. Yeah, he's with uh, one of the uh, police accountability, former law enforcement guys. There's a lot of those guys out there, really good guys. Um, oh no, I understand. I understand that, but see, my typical like I'm friends with Joe Crystal, but we t- we tend not to look the same at, at the resolution. Much like uh, with the the problems we have with our government going off fighting wars in, uh, in our name, right? People think that just by voting harder is going to fix things. Yeah, no, well, there's, yeah. there's no voting harder. And many people that are former law enforcement officers are still firm believers that this is the best we can do. We can't. We can't make this situation any better. So they're stuck on that. So I tend not to, to really interact with very many of them. I, I do with Alex Salazar. I would like to introduce you to this individual because the first time I heard him, he was on one of the other shows on my station. One of my other hosts had had him on. And I was listening to his show. And what inclined me to actually call my other guy's show was because the guy said, um, I think back to what I did, and I regret everything I ever did, and I would take it back. And I never regret. I never suggest an officer does anything like that. I mean, he just really, he, he actually does believe that what he was doing was wrong, and that's why he left, and that's why he's trying to change it now. So I think we need to get guys like you yeah, and see, guys I, like honestly, him together. Well, honestly, I rather uh, yes, but see. I'm the kind of guy that when I saw something going wrong, I did something about it immediately and didn't hesitate to worry about whether I was going to be the popular guy or not. Mm. I, you know, I had multiple occasions where I witnessed things going and put myself in that situation to stop because I knew where they weren't doing anything to me. And if they were going to do something to me, I don't know, I don't know what possibly was to me, but I also had a different relationship with these guys. And I can tell them bluntly, I will never need your service, ever. The thing is, You'll need me long before I ever need you. Because what's, what's your buddy's going to do after you get shot? They're going to sit there and let you die. When you call me, I'm going to come in there and try to save your life. Right. So you might want to check yourself. Because you, know, you may think that you're up, uh, up and righteous, but I tell you, you if you have one unlucky day, and I happen to be one... Oh, shit. <laughs> and this thing happens. Remember, 
They're going to sit around with tears in their eyes while you lay there dying, hoping that I get there quick enough for you. And it was a cold reality to these guys that, that that's the case, that I don't want to put you in that spot, but I don't want to be treated badly by you, and I don't want you to treat someone badly in my presence. I would even tell this, and my wife brought this up the other day, that on the job I would tell them, if we get ourselves in a situation where you find yourself pinned into your car, hit your trunk button. I know you keep your weapons in your trunk, and whatever you have in there, I'll get out and I'll go to work with you. But I'm not going to let anything bad happen because we're going to go home that day. But those situations never presented themselves because they didn't. Those, you know, I went on many, many SRT assignments and many, many SWAT raids. It was just that they they were all nonsense. They were they were not anything where anybody was shooting back at us and didn't hear anything about anybody ever shooting back at us. But I'm saying it doesn't happen because it obviously does. Well, yeah, of course but it I, does. But I, I firmly believe that if many of these situations that they tactically approached it differently and had arranged for this interaction to occur in a less violent and hostile, more thought-out process, odds are the body count wouldn't be so high. They wouldn't make these stupid decisions. But these are not thinkers. These are not, these are not the thinkers. Thinkers don't go, to, don't, don't go to work in this line of work. It's not their thing. I, I had a video set. I had a video set, and I can't find it now. And it was, um, I, I don't know what state it was. It was a trooper interacting with uh, a guy that was flying a drone outside the uh, barracks there. Oh, yeah, that was New York. It that was, was New York, and I will I know exactly who you're talking about. He's actually, uh, he is also known from that case in Saratoga Springs over the summer, over the winter, where he was pepper sprayed after he flipped the cop off. Oh, that was and the same guy. The, okay, the, the same, that, same guy. So we're talking about the 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 the, the guys like, oh no, you have to show me ID, and then finally the sergeant comes out and is like, no, just leave right. him alone, go away. That one, yeah. And I'll tell you exactly. I think it's Adam Rupke. Let me make sure that he is. Yeah, Adam Rupke. Uh, he's with Capital District Cop Lock in Washington, not Washington, but uh, New York State. And checking out his videos, he's even had the members of the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force knocking on his door from the, these interactions. And these people, it's amazing that they waste their time on silliness like this, yeah. thinking that anybody doing any of this has some type of threat. They're getting back to the whole idiocy of what they're teaching these guys. That people are taking pictures of a building. Why you take? Why of, you taking a picture of my building? Tell me, tell me why you take picture of a building. You know that's what it's right. almost like. You feel nauseous. You know why? Why? That's what it it's almost comes it, across. It, 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 it's, it's nauseating, is what it is. It's <laughs> nauseating to see them. It's nauseating to see them do this and then act in this fashion. You know, we get we get it all the time. We have people have. We have people in Texas that are, are regular correspondents that have derogatory interactions with law enforcement on a regular basis and wound up in, in bad spots. And now, you know, we have a case now where, out of San Antonio, where one of our correspondents was there, was from the, from, uh, out of the NSA in, in, in uh, San Antonio. They had a big data center out there. And he was there, and they accused him of jaywalking. They, he refused the ID. Oh, they held him right. for a couple hours. They took him down to the jail. They released him because the charges that they had were not existent. But then, yeah. as a result, we always go back and try to get the public records associated with it to see what the cop, the, the police officer, is lying about. What? How did he lie? But it turns out there was no record. So this guy was just basically taken by, kidnapped, taken from where he was at, taken all the way downtown to to central processing, booked him, and then when they discovered they weren't going to charge him, they let him go. But. Now, they're, they're, how does this happen? Well, are, we in, are, we in, are we in East Germany? And the Stasi can come by and wheel up and just snatch you off the street? It feels like Apparently. that. Some, yeah, it feels like that sometimes. And you know, going back to that other video, 
even when the, sh- the the sergeant came out and said, no, leave him alone, he's fine, don't blah, 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 and the guy's like, you know, so you were wrong. He's like, yeah, I was wrong. The, if the cop would have just said, hey, you know what, you're right, man, I'm sorry, I, I guess I need to learn a little bit more. And that would have been so much more respectful than the response that he got where he's like, eh, and then he, like, mumbles something as he's walking. I don't even know what he said. It's probably threatening him, you know, I'll get you in the end, in the long run, more than likely. Oh, yeah. I, would, I would imagine so, because that's what these guys think. That's that case I was in uh, in Carlsbad over the, over the weekend where the woman had had a derogatory interaction with a officer down there and winds up... Uh, seen him later on, but this time it's after he has his hands around her neck and, and punching in her side of the head. Come on, Felipe, a cop wouldn't do that. I mean, you know, that would never happen. I, mean, I, I, I didn't see it with my own eyes, but I did see it on video, and as I described, video is, is a, a third and unbiased witness, typically, and that's what that situation is. Videos don't lie, but cops do. So... Well, but they have the right to do that. It's been ruled that it's you know that's their right to lie. They're allowed to do that. Right, absolutely. They have the, they, uh, the Supreme Court has ruled that as long as they had the best intention, they can pretty much do anything they want to do in order to effect an arrest. The best intention of who we don't really know, but as long as they have the best intention, you know, in the long run. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> all I have to claim. That and I feared for my uh, I feared for my life, and that he was reaching for his waistband. There's a guy I was reaching for out of his pants. I was because, scared. Yeah, but, oh, they, they shot him dead. I was so scared, though. It was just so scary. Hey, listen, Felipe, I uh, I really appreciate you tonight, man. It was, it's been a great interview. I uh, You gave me a freaking over an hour. Uh, again, if I can ever do anything for you guys over there, uh, photography is not a crime, please let me know because I'd be more than happy to help you guys out. Oh, I appreciate it, Sean. Have a great day, man. All right, you too, brother. Thank you again. You guys have been listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com and RadioFreeBlood.com. I promise I'll be back next week. Uh, we'll see who we get to join us. And uh, you know what? You guys have a great evening out there. Peace out. The setting sun is loading guns. Don't be afraid of mistakes. Emotions misplaced to love or to hate. I don't know what to do, we're all lost and confused, just trying to get through in this world, always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes, but it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace, when I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake, when I'm risking it all. With no time to waste Fuck this rat race I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination's fade With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided through the beautiful, the silent with the light show from a passing UFO, lost in the glow of the unknown. Please don't go. And I. 
Well, right from day one, I've been in this alone. With our stacked against, I've been drowning in stress. They said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left. An old man once told me, Allie, don't have a love back. Keep your eyes on that prize and give them hell to your death. This is a test, just a frequency check for intelligent life. Now's time to connect. It's an SOS, the death's been sent. So now we just wait and hope for the best. With the sunset hung behind us in the universe to blind us from the moon, we'll watch the whole world explode. Moving free, unguided through the beautiful asylum with the light show from a passing UFO. guys so much thanks the first 52 is the bump diggity hello everybody this is lawrence ross from the lrws on razradiolive.com currently out in california blind james from radioio.com is in desperate need of a brand new kidney save a person's life on behalf of everybody on the network i encourage you to please go to gofundme.com forward slash xe6 pj38 click on that link and donate money to save a person's life donate as much as you can i think we should all donate every contribution helps I appreciate all of Raz Radio Live's help and our I.O. fam. Please give so we can give James a brand new lease on life. Of the summers that came before, where the hustle's strong, or 
you won't survive. Graffiti tells the story of a million lives. Through the sounds of cement, the concrete's alive. Where the bonds are formed, the rats run and hide. Drama's like a cartoon that comes to life. Where the express bus runs twice a night. To the stadium that's packed every Monday night. To the yellow cab driver that helped make your flight. Where you can get what you want if the price is right. And screaming fuck you's another way to be polite. Just a few perks when you're in my zone This is where I'm at and this is where I'm calling home 